Master, Quiescentius, Santificator non tuum, Adveniat regnum tuum, Fiat voluntas tuum, Sicut celo ed in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodi, Et dimite nobis debita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, Nenos in ducas in tentationum, sed libera nos amar. Quia tuum es regnum, et potestas, et gloria, in secula. Amen. Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we have a special Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. Where we're talking about the exorcism of a boy named Roland Doe. Roland Doe. So most of you may not know that name. Right. I didn't. Or, oh, yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Um, but basically, the the gist of the story is that this was in the late 1940s yep. in the United States, uh, a boy essentially was undergoing an exorcism by priests of the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, like 13, 14 year old boy. Mm-hmm. And these events were recorded by one of the attending priests. Right. So there's a, a diary somewhere of yep. this. Um, the most notable thing about this story, probably yeah. the thing that you do know, oh, yeah. is that this story inspired the book, The Exorcist dun, dun, dun. by William Peter Blatty, which then went on to inspire the movie, The Exorcist, yep. which was also directed by Blatty. Found out. Um, no, freaking. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it might have been produced or something. He was involved. He was definitely involved. I mean, yeah. he yeah, he was part of the the team, and it was based <laughs> on his book. But um, yeah, it's crazy. Awesome movie. Awesome movie. Gray has not seen. I have not seen. <laughs> wow. I was just gonna roll with that. <laughs> I have not yeah. seen The Exorcist, so I'm kind of like the, you know, I approached this having no knowledge of what I should know about this case. And so mm. I just approached it as like, like fresh. Yeah. So Probably it was, good. it was interesting. Yeah. There's some, some weird shit going on here. Okay. I mean, the movie obviously as they usually do took some liberties. Um, like that it's a little girl right in the movie. Apparently and, that was like, supposedly that was done to kind of preserve the secrecy of whoever was uh, actually exercised. Is that the word? Yeah. 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 Sure. Like too close to exercised. I don't know. Exercised? Yeah. Ex- exercised the exorcised? Just ran know. on a treadmill for a while <laughs> yeah. until the demon left. Until yeah, the demon was just like, fuck this. Yeah, fuck this. Yeah. Treadmill running sucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they changed some details, but then there's also obviously some things that are extra, mm-hmm. um, unclear whether that was on the part of Blatty writing the book. I actually haven't read the book. I've seen the movie. Mm. Um, or if that was on part of the people making the movie, yeah, I don't really know, but it's hard to like pin down any of the details of the story. Yeah. Like the beginning and the end are kind of set in stone mm. and then the whole middle of the story is just kind of like, depending on where you read about it, it yeah. could be vastly different. Oh my God. Yeah. I like must have read on 10 or like maybe a dozen different sites yeah. about this story mm-hmm. and every single one oh, yeah. had different details totally different some not so big some pretty big yeah and like there's a lot of priests names in the story and like mm-hmm. ministers and things and some of those names got flipped around it's yeah. like not totally clear to me who was where at what time no which doesn't really matter no. i mean these are just names right um but it's just things like that where it's just like apparently even the newspaper articles about this possession were 
the same yeah. like all over the place with details oh yeah um yeah so this was like before the book there was just a series of newspaper articles that were talking yeah. about this story exactly and so the book is kind of an amalgamation of those as well as a firsthand account from the priest who performed was it, was it the last exorcism or was it yeah he was part of the last one supposedly from what i read and again who knows right. which of our versions are true um that William Peter Blatty, so he was an English literature major at Georgetown University right. and just happened to see one of the articles. And then, hmm. and that was in the late 40s. Right. Um, and he had that idea kicking around for a while and then finally decided to like dig up some info. From what I read, he somehow got a hold of one of the copies of the diary that was kept by one of the attending priests. Uh, okay. I guess he got in touch with the priest. I don't right. know if it was the one who wrote the diary or another one, but the priest wouldn't talk to him directly because he wanted to like keep his pledge to secrecy. Right. But he did tell him like, this is the real thing. Hmm. And that was from somebody who was there. Ooh. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, exorcist 13th top grossing movie of all time. Damn. You should definitely see it. I sh will. This holiday season. A brilliant movie. Yeah. I actually reviewed it on my blog. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my blog that I don't write it anymore. <laughs> called last blog on the left nice yeah look it up it's unfortunate that that was just like a name that sounded good but i don't actually like that movie yeah or the last podcast on the left oh yeah i didn't know actually know that existed until after i made my blog <laughs> Shoot. yeah somebody was like oh like the podcast and i was like what what and then you <laughs> found it and you're like damn it yeah and i didn't intend to make a podcast so that part didn't matter but i was like mm -hmm. i really didn't want those to be like now it looks like that's their blog yeah right which but then i was like maybe it'll get me more traffic hey, there you indirectly go. people are like oh there you go cool Anyways, I review horror movies on there and I once had a goal to review like every horror movie ever made, <laughs> at least all the really big ones. That's, that's probably attainable I in your life. like over a hundred reviews on there. So it's, it's not going poorly, but then I got pregnant and had a baby and Here now I don't watch too many movies anymore. Mm -hmm. Anyways. <laughs> um, so all right. yeah, like I said, that's how Blatty ended up writing this book. Um, and so if anybody doesn't know, demonic possession. Yes is when an individual is supposed to be possessed by a malevolent preternatural being commonly referred to as demons or devils um this is not a valid or recognized psychiatric diagnosis correct um the dsm-5 indicates that personality states of dissociative identity disorder may be interpreted as possession in some cultures and in instances of spirit possession are often related to traumatic experiences hmm. so it's generally thought of that there's some other underlying mental illness happening here i have a theory that i will save for the end of this episode interesting oh, yeah. all right all right mm -hmm. all right so and possession itself is one of those things that like exists in every culture of course pretty much like every yeah. religion has some version of it mm -hmm. um they can vary pretty wildly in their definitions of possession oh yeah why people are being possessed mm -hmm. what they're being possessed by yeah cures um, yeah oh yeah there's all kind like and there's different way like there's some cultures that believe that you have like offended some spirit mm -hmm. and you need to like give them offerings some people like the christian religions tend to think that yeah you're possessed by a demon or by satan himself yep, you're like weak and they take over your vessel because you're like in a in a weak position and they're able to like overpower your consciousness or something yeah it's weird there's some there's some stuff in this story where it's almost like like the the soul of the boy is like trying to like communicate, but it's being like held back by the demon. And Oof. there's like these weird little like messages that come out. We'll get to, but like, yeah. it's almost like the, the real person is inside the body still trying to communicate, trying to get out, trying to like take back over control of their body, but they can't because the demon. Yeah. 
is controlling their body. That's like the worst part about it to me is that you're oh, still yeah. in there somewhere. Oh yeah. You're, you're watching not just, this. Yeah. You're watching it and you can't help it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first, the oldest references to demonic possession are from the Sumerians. So mm-hmm. We're talking 5,500 BC. Babylon. Yeah. Who believe that all diseases of the body and mind were caused by sickness demons. Seems um, legit. Yeah. The priests who practice exorcisms in these nations were called a shipu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, which means Sounds sorcerer good. as opposed to an asu, which is a physician. Okay. So kind of everything was like drawing these sickness demons out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in modern medicine, it is now suspected that an underlying cause of what sometimes appears to be a demonic possession is actually anti-NDMA receptor encephalitis. That was that was what I was. <laughs> oh damn! Go with. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Type of brain inflammation due to antibodies. Mm-hmm. So that initially just causes like fever and fatigue and some really subtle symptoms, but then mm-hmm. that can go on to psychosis delusions hallucinations agitation confusion and seizures which sounds an awful lot like oh, a possessed yeah. person it's like 100 percent what that is yeah damn yeah. i did not mean to spoil you no, no 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 it's that's... i thought that was like an interesting little thing like oh yeah i mean that's yeah. probably what's actually going on in a lot of these situations right but which is interesting and it said that that is kind of like people believing that it's possession mm-hmm. can stop people from getting treatment from this very real oh yeah underlying medical issue because they're just like oh we got to get these demons out mm-hmm. it's like no it's actually just yeah. antibodies and we need to help yeah. you so that you don't i don't know i don't know what happens with that's untreated probably not good i think it leads to death hmm. cool yeah which they would probably just be like oh the demon got him exactly yeah satan or took you him. recover and then you're like oh cool so no. the demon has been cast out shit yeah. yeah, I literally never even thought about that yeah. side of things until I started reading about this more. Yeah. Um, so just an FYI for the future, mm-hmm. we probably will have an episode just on possession in, in general. general. So oh, if yeah. you feel like we're not going super in-depth about possession right now, mm-hmm. that's because we don't want to spoil it. Right. There's a whole lot to unpack here. Yeah, there's so much. I wanted to get into it and I got all jazzed up and then I was like, no, no, hold it back. Mm-hmm. So um, like we said, the story is all over the place. Yeah. So there's no, the whole thing is that there were a few people, not really that many people who witnessed this. Yeah. Um, Roland himself, his family, mm-hmm. and mostly these priests and other like religious figures that were there. Right. And a lot of them were sw- like sworn to secrecy for the sake of keeping him anonymous. Mm-hmm. And so there's not really a whole lot. I mean, there's a lot of like speculation here and a lot of some people say that they've read the diaries, but who knows if they really did. Right. Um, yeah. It wasn't clear if those diaries are like available to the public or if they're sitting right in like a storage somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. One of the things that I read again, like who knows, but one of the things that I said, read said that there was like a couple copies of the, like, I think there's just one diary. I right. initially thought there were multiple. Right. But then it seemed like there was one assistant to the exorcism mm. who kept a diary and there were copies made. And supposedly there's like a couple versions at like some religious institution and like maybe a couple versions at the hospital hmm. where the exorcism finished. Like who knows? Right. Um, but yeah. These details are all over the place, but yeah, now we can jump into Roland himself. Yeah. yeah. So Roland is a, a pseudonym to protect the identity of the actual child. Yes. But we're pretty sure that the child's actual name was Robbie Mannheim. Yeah. So we'll might use Robbie. We might use Roland throughout mm. this episode. Yeah. Cause some of my notes have both. Yeah. So same dude. Um, he was a, he was born to a German Lutheran family. Mm-hmm. Um, hence Mannheim is the last name mm. yeah. in cottage city, Maryland. He was born in 1935. 
So one of the fun details that got mistaken in the story yeah. is instead of people saying that he was born in Cottage City and like that some of this happened there, mm-hmm. they thought that he was, um, dang, it was like Mount Rainier. Yes. Also yeah. in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And so there were like kids and teenagers and stuff back then that would like gather in these areas that they thought were like, oh, this is where it happened. Yep. And it, it wasn't even there. Classic. Yeah. Totally classic, which I'm sure made it no less scary for mm-hmm. them. Oh, yeah. At the time. But then finding out later, like, oh, this is the wrong city. Totally wrong place. Um, Yeah. He um, he was an only child. Yeah. This whole story makes me debate whether or not I should have another kid. Yeah. Right. If I want an only child that ends up possessed mm-hmm. by a demon. It's, it made it out that he seemed pretty lonely. Yeah. He was a lonely dude. Um, It said he depended upon adults in his household for playmates, which is sad. Really sad. Really like weirdly sad. That's yeah. like, I don't know why that's sad. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Um. But primarily, he spent a lot of time with his Aunt Harriet, mm-hmm. who was a spiritualist who introduced Roland to the Ouija board. Yes. So, Which I, I read, like, she shouldn't have introduced him to the Ouija board because, like, if you're a spiritualist, you believe that it's a very, like, robust and direct form of communication with the other side. And yeah. so, unless you're an aged and experienced spiritualist, you shouldn't be opening up a kid to that sort of, like, exactly. conduit into the other side. Yeah. This kid, keep in mind, this kid was 13 mm-hmm. at the time. So, yeah. yeah, this was not a an adult. No. Who even then, I mean, a lot of people think that anybody inexperienced with a Ouija board should not mess with it because there are supposed to be certain things you're supposed to do mm-hmm. to keep demons away or to close the line of communication when you're done. It can be very dangerous to leave it just open. Right. Um, for spirits just to come into this realm right. and to come into your It's space. like opening a door into your room and it's like you have to close the door again yeah. afterwards. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you don't know, um, Ouija boards are also known as spirit boards or talking boards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tools to communicate with the dead. And the Catholic Church and other Christian denominations have warned against using them. Um, they say they can lead to demonic possession. <laughs> which Weird. Yeah, relevant here. Yeah. Um, and then again, other people say that it's just... If you're inexperienced, don't mess with it, mm-hmm. which I tend to myself not want to be super close to one. Oh, God, no. Nope. Um, I have friends. Without that. Shout out to Haley and Joel, mm-hmm. who use the Ouija board all the time. Um, we no actually thanks. had a really terrifying experience. Well, shouldn't have been terrifying, but terrifying to me experience yeah. where I was at their house. This mm-hmm. is a little segue here, but Still. it's, it's relevant. Um, yeah. So Haley and Joel use the Ouija board a lot. This is just like a thing that they do, but they... Joel doesn't believe in it as much. I think Haley's a big believer, mm. you know. So anyways, we were over at their house one night. We had like been out too late. We were drinking and then we were like, whoops, I'm spending the night in Bangor, which is two hours away from where I live. Yes. So we went back to the house and we were like, let's play with the Ouija board. And I was a little nervous. We got to it and eventually somebody wanted to talk to me and it mm. was my dad. Oh, yeah. And so backstory for us, mm-hmm. me and Gray's dad passed away mm-hmm. when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was asking some questions and just to see, because the scary thing about the Ouija board is supposedly there are some demons and some not so fun spirits who can come through and pretend to be your loved ones yes. to get your trust Ugh. and to kind of open you up. Um, so the fear at first was like, what if this is just some demon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just some, just some demon. demon. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get me with my guard down. And... Haley and Joel knew that my dad had passed away. They knew like the very basics, you know, passed away when I was younger, but they didn't know details about him. Right. I asked what his birthday was and I asked his middle name and the Ouija board got both of those right. Ooh. And there's no way. I mean, there's literally no way no, that freaky. Haley and Joel would have known. Right. There's no way you guess a birthday. Oh God. no. I mean, Jesus Christ. But then his middle name, which I won't say on here, mm-hmm. but it's not 
the middle name that you'd expect for no. a man. Yeah. <laughs> it just isn't. Okay, let's just say it's a name that obviously can be a man's name, but it's more typically a woman's name. Yes. You would not guess it's not Robert or no, something. Yeah, you know? it's not a common name. So I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that I talked to my dad. It was a very emotional Crazy. night. Yeah. I was already drinking. I was a little bit <laughs> under the influence and yeah, I was right. like crying and they yeah. were like, oh no. Here we go. Um. So yeah, Ouija boards are not anything to fuck with. Yeah. Ouija so. boards ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, January 1949, mm -hmm. Aunt Harriet dies. Yes. This is when all the trouble starts. And Aunt Harriet was Roland's like closest friend and playmate. Yep. So he was... <laughs> Adult playmate. Very devastated by her passing. Yes. And Which, was in a compromised emotional state. I was saying, maybe open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just like you talking to the Ouija board, trying to talk to that person who died yeah. who you wanted to communicate with the most. Yep. Maybe something was impersonating Aunt Harriet. Ugh. He opened himself up to that spirit mm -hmm. while he was playing with the Ouija board mm -hmm. and got possessed yeah see we're yeah. just filling in details ourselves filling now. in details because <laughs> we don't even I know mean, well there's yeah, logical. no way to know yeah um yeah so after it was like shortly after her death the mm -hmm. family starts experiencing some weird yeah shit. um like weird noises yep. furniture moving on its own scratching on the walls scratching on the walls which only is when robbie okay. was in the room yeah Ugh. i don't one of the things i read said that he had to like stop going to school because his desk was shaking yeah yeah, I, yeah so like you know, weird things happening in the house. You could attribute that, that to like mice in the walls or yeah. whatever, old house creaking. Right. But like for that to continue on in school in such like a public visible setting with like other kids around. Mm. And if he had to stop going to school, that means that it was noticed by people and yeah. freaked him out. Yeah. It wasn't him complaining that his desk was shaking. It was like, mm -hmm. you need to stop disturbing these classmates. Right. Um, with your haunted bullshit. <laughs> yeah, get your demon out of the school. Your demon has not paid tuition, so get yeah. the fuck out. Um, yeah, a Bible rising up from the bookcase on its mm -hmm. own. Um, hmm. Ordinary objects like vases flying or levitating when he was nearby. Yeah, real um, casual. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, scratching sounds, the sound of water dripping, mm. as well as his bed shaking violently. I thought it was interesting. For some reason, the sound of water dripping, maybe it was in the movie, I can't remember. It might have been in the movie. But Probably. I, like, in my mind, linked that to possession for some reason. Interesting. And I Googled it because I'm like, is this a thing? Mm -hmm. um, it is not apparently a thing. But hmm. it did say that, like, in the dream interpretation kind of circle and, like, looking for symbolism type of things, um, the sound of water dripping can symbolize a loss of power, which I thought oh, was interesting. kind of really oh, wow. relevant to this. That is very relevant. Right? Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. It must have popped up in the movie, hmm. which is why it's, like, stuck in my brain. Interesting. Yeah, a bunch of creepy shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. All so, around, all in and around freaked. Roland's like room and only when he's present in the room. Mm. Yeah. So they turn to their pastor, Luther Miles Schultz. A Lutheran pastor named Luther. <laughs> wow. Which is <laughs> too good. Very ironic. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, supposedly, so of course, two different articles I read. One of them said that he was very interested in the parapsychological yes and the other one said he was intensely skeptical interesting those are the opposite things the answer is probably somewhere in the middle somewhere in the middle so who knows he's he's interested enough i mean he's their family pastor yeah. so and he does end up like, helping them with this so he yeah. must have had some at least like morbid curiosity yeah he wanted to see what was going on um so apparently he has the boy spend the night with him which would not, not fly in 2019 <laughs> not happen tonight they slept oh, yeah. in twin beds in the same room <laughs> I yeah, mean, like, so there was like separation between the beds, but so still. not happen nowadays. No, um, or maybe it would. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, church. So yeah, his whole goal was to observe him. He supposedly witnessed um, vibrating noises coming from the bed. Yeah, uh, which I okay <laughs> to unpack that. 
What does that sound like? Would that be like the bed frame rattling? Would that be like a weird, like almost like your phone on vibrate? Yeah, just or like, like a buzzing. Like yeah, it's like an insect noise. Yeah. So it's creeping him out. I can't picture in my head what that sounds like. And like, what kind of? So he's like, yeah. Now I'm like trying to picture the situation. Right. Like, is rolling like sleeping, and Luther, Luther the Lutheran is just like <laughs> in his other bed. Like in the dark, but like he's got like a little flashlight under the covers and he's like taking notes. Yeah, right. Or is like, he just like observing it? Like, yeah. is he just sitting there? Is he just like trying to sleep? Did he write this all down the night? Yeah. Was he? Right. What, what if he's like a heavy sleeper? Yeah, he would miss the whole thing. He just slept through all of it. And he woke up and he's like, "Shit, I didn't, I didn't record anything." <laughs> like, you need to stay another night. <laughs> the parents are like, "No, this is getting weird." Yep. So I don't know. Um, scratching sounds on the wall. Apparently, a heavy armchair in which Roland was sitting, mm-hmm. like tipped over. Yeah. And blankets like moved around on their own. Yeah. It's something about like pallets of blankets. I'm not sure what Yeah, I don't know what pallets mean, but I'm assuming just like folded blankets. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I was like, why do you have pallets of blankets? Anyways. So um I think he was like, dude, get some help. Yeah. Like y'all need he 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 basically said, call a Catholic priest. Yeah. Which is Y'all need Jesus. Yeah, y'all need Jesus. Which is interesting because I know that so like Lutheranism is a different denomination of Christianity. Mm. So Catholics and Lutherans believe in Jesus, yeah. but I think the details are very different. Like I think because Martin Luther nailed his treatises to like the door of the Catholic church to like secede from the Catholic church or whatever. Wow. I'm not clear exactly on what was specifically different. I know that Lutherans have like a strong like work ethic and commitment to like, um, like what we would consider to be like very, um, almost like, like the pilgrims where it's very much like nothing like you can't do anything that's fun mm. you can't enjoy anything you'd have to work hard yeah. be quiet no impure thoughts so i know it's like very hard line so I, I i wonder if a lutheran pastor asking them to go to a catholic priest sort of like illustrates the seriousness of the situation mm. by asking for like a different denomination of christian to come in to like help you right like he wasn't equipped to deal with exorcism, but the yeah. Catholic church is right. Um, yeah, I'm really, I like, I meant again, maybe when we get into the possession and exorcism episode itself, right. I wanted to get into more of like, yeah, what are all denominations like equally capable? Right. Yeah. Was this something that the Catholics were like more equipped to do mm-hmm. or what the situation? I also meant to look up like the difference between Lutherans and like, there's a uh, talk of like Jesuits and Roman mm-hmm. Catholic. I don't know off the top of my head, the difference between these denominations right again like you said they all believe in jesus mm-hmm. in some form or another but um i don't know but yeah he was like dude yeah get some help get some catholics so they went to father edward hughes roman catholic priest mm-hmm. who initially apparently just gave them like holy water and candles and was like see ya <laughs> which Classic. sucks you're like dude kids possessed we think and he's just like handled on your own sounds like it sucks sounds <laughs> yeah. like a personal problem <laughs> sounds like you here's some here's some candles here's some candles um but then again like details being murky mm-hmm. it then says that he went to the archbishop of washington dc for permission to perform an exorcism which apparently a priest needs you need permission from a bishop mm-hmm. this is not just a thing that a priest can do you have to like yeah. get permission and it's not very often that a bishop will grant permission because it yeah. has to seem like a pretty serious thing oh yeah exorcisms are a very like rare thing yeah especially nowadays oh, because yeah. It has to sort of be clear that it's not some underlying mental health issue. Like now that schizophrenia is like well known and well documented, it has to basically be documented like, nope, he doesn't or the person in question like can't have an existing like psychological condition. Basically, there has to be no other explanation for this person's behavior other than demonic possession. Yeah. So it's like it's a rare thing for this to have happened. Which so I wonder like in the details, Mm -hmm. they're like, did Father Edward Hughes 
like if he initially was just like see you later mm-hmm. here's some shit take care of your stuff yourself <laughs> then like what made him be like oh shit right well, i gotta get permission to do this right i don't know if he maybe also observed him and we so that detail was missed somehow i don't know um but so that exorcism was performed at georgetown university hospital jesuit institution yep um so during this exorcism apparently roland slipped one of his hands out of the restraints Mm -hmm. broke a bed spring right which is not an easy thing to do no not like supposedly one-handed too yeah we're assuming he just got one hand free and did this ripped it out of the mattress and uh slashed the priest's arm from shoulder to wrist jesus yeah shoulder to wrist yeah dude like i know i'm like wow suppose one of the things i read said he needed a hundred stitches wow and so that halted the exorcism. Yeah, that'll do it. Understandably. Wouldn't that, like, I, I, you know, if you're really trying to exercise somebody, that's when you should, like, escalate the exorcism. That's, yeah. You shouldn't just call it off there. That's, no. like, when you're like, all right, now we need to, like, really get this out of here. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I didn't didn't really give much detail about this, but, like, was he the only one right. there? Is that even a thing? Would there just be one priest? Like, are there always assistants? I, I don't know. Yeah. So, either way, they were messed up some of these like, some of these these later exorcisms definitely had like three or four priests present oh yeah like backup at almost. least yeah just to which yeah i wonder if that happened did that happen because it was getting really serious and they had to like continue right or is that the norm i don't really know um so at this point his mother is pretty exasperated yeah um one of the common themes between the real story and the movie in the mm-hmm. movie as you'll see yeah when you watch it because you're going to i'm going to um the mom of the girl in the movie, not the boy, mm-hmm. is really upset at some point because she keeps trying to get help and right. like nobody wants to help. It's really like frustrating and scary at yeah. the same time. Super scary because you know there's like something really wrong here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the movie was similar. She also got possessed by the use of a Ouija board as well. Mm. Um, if I remember correctly, she was talking to somebody named uh, Captain Howdy and huh. ends up getting, yeah, it was creepy as hell. It is. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah, she's getting upset. He starts getting like these scratches yeah, on his body. This is a weird little detail. Like words are appearing. In places where it would be difficult to have done yourself. Mm. Yeah. Um, so she's getting freaked. Yeah. And she starts thinking like maybe we should go to St. Louis because that's where she's got some family. Well, one of the scratches that appeared on his skin was the word Louis. Like oh, yeah. L-O-U-I-S. Yeah. So they have like, like family right. in St. Louis. Mm. So she was like, oh, like that must be like. So, okay, if we are going with the assumption that Robbie is possessed right. yeah, and is there's confusing. a demon that is taking over his body, that would be Louis, I mean, that would be Robbie scratching the word Louis on his own skin through mm. his, like, through, I don't know. Like, I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm unclear where that, where that, those scratches came yeah. from. Is that Roland, like, trying to, yeah, like, somehow getting through right. and being like, take me there, like, he knows he'll get help there? Or right. is, like, why would the demon be like, like go there let's go to st louis yeah just go for a yeah. trip I'm just the, like the weird part place. about this too is that um supposedly during all of this roland would be like super normal during the day mm. and have like no memory of what was going on at night yeah and it was only like at night that like his possession would take over or whatever yeah which is a weird it's interesting like, i don't really dichotomy. know if that's common right yeah which is which maybe speaks against it being a mental illness thing because if it was mental illness or something then it would be just constant right they wouldn't be like Oh, totally normal during the day. And then like, bam, possessed. Yeah. Right. Mental illness. And like, if he was just wanting attention, like, right. Why would that stop during the day? Right. Unless he just needed a break. Right. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. Pretending to be, right. it probably is. Um, so yeah, so they go, um, and they end up at a relative's house yep. in St. Louis and they're at, um, his cousin's house. And so she contacts one of her professors at St. Louis university, who is father Raymond J. Bishop. Yeah. And, he speaks to William S. 
Bodern, who is an associate of College Church. Yep. So then they're like on the case. Yep. Um, apparently Bodern didn't know much about exorcisms and he like started studying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Studying out. Um, it said that he would have learned a little bit while becoming a Jesuit, but there isn't much call for exorcisms mm-hmm. in modern day. Yep. Um, but I guess he was a veteran of World War II, so he was kind of this priest with like this hard edge. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. That I don't know why nice. I like that idea. Right. Like like a, like a fighting priest. Yeah, like badass veteran priest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they visit him at his relative's home and this whole process ended up taking like over a month. Yeah. There's Again, like 20 one of the things to 30 exorcisms. Yeah, like just over and over they're doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, several priests. There were Alexian brothers. I didn't look that up either. Yeah. Damn it. It's just like, I think it's a, another like sort of like cult of Christianity. Mm. Um, one little side note about like the, the, there's a lot of Jesuits in this story. Yeah. Which um, for anybody who doesn't know, Justy and I both went to Chevers High School yep. in Portland, Maine, which is a Jesuit high school. Yeah. So I didn't really know much about Jesuits until very recently. I heard it described as the Jesuits are to the Catholic church as like, special forces would be to like the army whoa so like jesuits are like the most highly educated the most highly trained (laughs) um they are sort of like sent in by the the pope when there's like a need for somebody who's both really intelligent and really like studied in theology interesting so they're sort of like extra special extra educated priests that like are like the special forces of the Catholic church. Dang. So to, for all these Jesuits and Jesuit institutions to be involved in this case, is just sort of like escalating it. Like, Oh, you don't even need like a regular Roman pre Roman Catholic priest. Mm. You need like a Jesuit. Dang. So That's that like cool. shows like how crazy it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, I looked up Jesuits a little bit in studying for this and mm. yeah, it mentioned them being like trained as missionaries. So like, I think these are like, yeah, pretty hardcore. Oh yeah. Very, um, very smart. And they're also very like scientifically minded. Hmm. Like they're, they're the ones who like, they aren't just saying like, Oh, like, you know, the sun revolves around the earth and like, you know, God created the earth like 10,000 years ago. It's like, they believe in like science and they are like, some of them are like published scholars who have like actual scientific papers in their names, but they're also like really well educated on like the history of theology as well. So they're, they're just like crazy educated, like Catholics basically. (laughs) So it's kind of awesome. It is kind of, so they're like, Them involved in this case is kind of like the uh, the most intense exorcists you could get. Yeah, means that it was serious. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I really was kind of curious. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird that we went to a Jesuit high school and I didn't really know. I mean, I right. knew that it was, again, like a branch of Christianity in a sense, but I didn't really know what they were. Right. Yeah. I guess we didn't really learn about that in school. Right. They just were too busy teaching us about. Yeah. Like, I don't know. God is good. Bible study. Yeah. I actually weirdly liked Bible study. Really? Just in the sense, I think the teacher that we had was really important and I wish I could remember his name right now. Dang. Oh man. You like, I'm pretty sure he was the only one, you know, you can like picture him. Oh yeah. Um, but it was just interesting because he wasn't, he was not a person just like, um, Mr. Haskell that we had. We had these two teachers at Chevrolet that were very like, no nonsense, not at all. Even Mr. Haskell was kind of your typical Catholic in the sense that he Mm -hmm. like, had gotten married young and I think had like a whole bunch of kids. Yeah, he had like 12 kids. Yeah, a million kids. But he was a really cool guy and was mm-hmm. not teaching us this stuff as just like, let's blindly follow this. It mm-hmm. was like, let's analyze this. Yeah. What does this mean? It was and almost like philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was, um, the Bible study was more, almost like you're into, like when you read like Shakespeare, there's mm-hmm. a lot of it where you're like, what the hell does that mean? Right. That isn't like a phrase nowadays. Like we don't call that by that word or whatever. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of like, what did they mean when they said this? Right. 
and learning about how much like a lot of the Bible is symbolism and a lot of it is like mm-hmm. not exaggeration, but you know, when they describe like being in the desert for 40 years or whatever, like obviously they weren't right. really in the desert for 40 years. Right. It was just like a long ass time. Exactly. That's how they said like, like hyperbole. Long ass time. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't say like, Oh, we were there forever. Like they said we were there for 40 mm-hmm. years. Right. And it had, you know, that, that number had symbolism. So that was like cool to learn about that. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's a good like encapsulation of what it is to be a Jesuit Yeah, where you don't just blindly read the Bible as like literal truth. Mm. You, you, you read deeper into it to figure out what larger, sort of like ideas trying to be communicated by the authors of the Bible. Yeah. And how does that fit into like modern science, theology, sociology, all of that. Which is super cool. So. Yeah. If I won't speak for great, but for me personally, I went to Catholic school and I'm not Catholic myself and don't know what I really believe, but I've always mm-hmm. thought that the whole idea of religion in general, not just Catholicism is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And like the Bible is fascinating. Oh, the yeah. story is fascinating. Yep. I do believe that there was a Jesus mm-hmm. might not believe he was a son of God. Right. But there's, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff in there. That's like oh, interesting. Yeah. There's good stuff in there. Yeah. So anyways, anyways, that was a tangent. That but... was a tangent. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of people, like you said, only took place in the evening. Mm-hmm. This was like, he'd wake up in the morning, like not having any idea what had happened. Yeah, like almost no memory of what had happened the night before too. Yeah. Which would suck. Maybe he only had control over his body during the day and then the demon would take over at night. Yeah. Which, which is why is, he didn't remember. Which is weird. It is weird. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, so yeah, they kept going mm-hmm. even though things were getting worse. Oh yeah. Um, tons of exorcisms. Yeah. They're just over and over, which yeah. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that, that it's not one continuous thing. It's like they keep trying Yeah. and then failing. Um, they asked his family for permission to teach him about Catholicism and convert him as a way to like strengthen the fight against yeah. the demon. Yeah. He was, he was not baptized. No. Which is part of why they thought that an exorcism was necessary. Hmm. Interesting. Like what happens if you are baptized? Right. But that just like, so, okay. When you're, when you're exercising somebody, they have an aversion to anything that's like holy or sacred. So like they can't like touch a cross or they can't like, you know, they'll like, like ah, whenever you like hold <laughs> yeah. up anything that's like holy towards them. So mm. maybe if you're baptized, that makes your, your vessel a holy object and you would be less likely to be interesting, um, possessed. Yeah. The theory. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds yeah. Right. I don't know. But it makes sense. They wanted to like convert him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would be like this stronger, stronger vessel. Yeah. Um, but then what if that backfires and then he's like super strong and the demon's yeah. still in there and now like the demon's never. Right. Like out. what if it's not just some low level demon? What if it's literally Satan himself? Right. That's what it said. It said that possessions can be by Satan himself or like one of his lesser demons. Lesser demons. But like Satan sometimes is like. Let's do this. this. He'll I'm do bored. it. Now I'm just wondering like, can Satan, pos- oh, you know, we're going to get into this. Yeah. We're going to get into this. I need to stop the right yes. possession. Right. But my question was, can Satan possess more than one person at a time? Stay Ooh. tuned. We'll find out in the Damn. possession episode. Um, so as he got closer to conversion and making his first holy communion, he got more violent, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. The demon, regardless of Satan or lesser, is getting pissed. Yeah. They do not like, keep in mind, you know this. Mm-hmm. Demons and Satan himself are fallen angels. Oh, yeah. These people are pissed at God. Yes. People, demons, whatever. Yeah. Spirits. They're pissed. Yeah. So you get, yeah, the religious icons and objects and the communion they're not happy with that no so things are getting bad they have a violent aversion to it yeah um yeah the family apparently believed that aunt harriet was at least partly responsible for the possession Mm -hmm. supposedly at one point they asked the spirit to knock three times if it was aunt harriet and they heard three knocks and then they were like how about four knocks and heard four knocks nope yeah i know fuck that chills so why would aunt harriet possess her nephew i don't know right is is she mixed up i mean she was a spiritualist 
Hmm. Was this the family being parent? I mean, again, this was the late forties. Oh yeah. This was not something that, I mean, again, still today was not something that is widely accepted. Right. Did they think that maybe she, I mean, I don't know why they would let her spend so much time with him if they thought hmm. that she was like evil or dangerous, but maybe right. they had some suspicions. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like what if she came off as this like harmless spiritualist trying to talk to like talk to the other side or whatever, yeah. but really she was like a, like a necromancer or like a Satanist who yeah. was like communicating with like Satan himself and like practicing like black magic. So when they died, when Aunt Harriet died, she became a lesser demon. Yeah. Possessed that boy because she had an opening. Scary. You know? Yeah. That's freaky. Yeah. A Would make bit. a lot of sense too. Oh Yeah. I was like, have you seen the movie Hereditary? No. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> what the hell? All right. You also need to see that. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. again, I would put that movie on as soon as we're done recording. Okay. It's so fucking Hereditary and The Exorcist. Yes. Hereditary is new. Exorcist is 70s. Right. You're going to love them both. Anyways. Um, so yeah, they started the exorcism at home. Yep. They ended up moving to a wing of the Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis. Yep which was destroyed in the late seventies. I was mm-hmm. really hoping that was connected. I don't think it was. No. It even used so. the word raised yeah. in one of the things like R A Z E D. I love yeah. that word. Raised to um, the ground. But it was so far after, like if this happened in the late forties and they raised it in 78, I don't think yeah. that was like, because it was probably just like an abandoned yeah, hospital where they were re- like redoing it or something. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I was hoping for that connection. No. Right. Um, anyways. So another priest, uh, Walter Halloran yeah. was called in at some point. Again, like, is this like, we need backup? Yeah, right. It's getting bad. She need a bunch of theologians here. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was asked to assist. And then there was another third Jesuit priest, uh, William Van Rue. Van Rue. Yeah, was yeah. called in. Um, yeah, Halloran stated that during at some point, words such as evil and hell, along with other various marks, would appear on his body. Yeah. More of these weird scratches. Um, Allegedly, during the litany of the saints portion of the exorcism ritual, the boy's mattress began to shake, and Roland even broke Halloran's nose during the process. Yeah. Dude. Shit. I'd be pissed. You're just, (laughs) like, trying to be, like, a priest, just do your thing, and then all of a sudden this kid, like, breaks your nose and is, like, stabbing people with mattress sprains. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm just trying to, like, be a priest. Yeah. The whole, like, the idea, and again, I really think my, it's one of those things where, like, when I hear stories about exorcisms, I can, like, picture an exorcism mm-hmm. and it's totally because of the movie Oh yeah, because that there's a scene in the movie. I mean, it's a long drawn out thing right. where they're doing this exorcism and it's just like these two priests are in the room and just screaming like the power of Christ compels you mm-hmm. just yeah. over and over. Yeah. It's insane. And there's some crazy yeah. shit that happens. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like such a, like for a priest yeah. who believes that this, demon has possessed this person like all they're doing is like like you just said like they're just trying to help yeah to be in this it just seems really emotionally charged oh yeah but they're just like in there just freaking out For like everybody they're facing like their worst enemy mm-hmm. of sorts like right like for all they know they could be facing satan himself yeah or themselves right yeah i don't think satan has a gender i don't know lucifer lucifer interesting right? could be lucy lucy yeah yeah it's true mm-hmm Another <laughs> shout out to a show called Enchanted. Enchanted? Enchantment? Damn it. Now I can't remember. It's a cartoon. More like pretty recent cartoon. Mm. And there's a little demon in the show and they call him Lucy. Oh. Like L-U-C-I. Yeah. Really cute. That's cute. He's like my favorite character. Anyways. <laughs> Lots of little segues in this episode. Yeah. Um, so, and then apparently it worked. Yeah. The exorcism worked. It was it was evidently after they invoked the name of Saint Michael. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the archangel. Mm-hmm. 
and Roland had a vision of St. Michael vanquishing Satan on a field of battle. Whoa. And that's what cast him out, which is pretty intense. That's awesome. So in that situation, then, does that mean that it was Satan himself who had to be cast out? Right. And did, like, St. Michael, the archangel himself, had to kick Satan out? Like, yeah. that's pretty intense. That's not just, like, like low-level demon shit. That's, like, yeah. like Bible. Yeah. Like, major players in the Bible. Dang. It's kind of cool. It's pretty intense, which would make sense why they had, like, 30 exorcisms first before they could finally cast him out. Yeah. Right. And they're just, I mean, you have to, I don't know. I don't know how all this stuff works. Yeah. But... It's fascinating to me that it just, it worked one day. Right. And then he was fine. Apparently like literally, uh, Bishop's diary, the day after Easter Sunday said since Monday at 11 PM, there had been no indications of the presence of the devil. (laughs) And that was just it. Apparently Roland went on to like get married, had a job, had kids. Never spoke about this publicly. No, never spoke publicly. And like, apparently the, um, like the Jesuits and the Alexians like kept track of him Mm -hmm. and like nothing ever seemed to come up again. Yeah. So, and yeah, none of the exorcisms eyewitnesses ever publicly revealed the details out of respect for his privacy Mm -hmm. because, yeah, we don't know what his real name was. Supposedly. I mean, one of the things that I read said that he's still alive today, which would make sense. He'd be like in his eighties. Yeah. Late forties. He'd still Mm -hmm. be alive. He was only 13, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And like Mm -hmm. kind of a, a good end of the story, but kind of like a disappointingly like anticlimactic, like just all this crazy shit's happening. And then just all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Like flipping a switch. Yeah, so um, there's an author, Thomas B. Allen, wrote a book yep. about this in 1993 called Possessed. Wow. Um, so a lot of the information that I got mm-hmm. came from the website of St. Louis University. Yeah. There was a library archivist for 40 years, John Wade, who wrote up a lot of his info, and he said that that book by Thomas B. Allen is the one to put the most stock in. Um, apparently it's based on two primary sources, the actual diary kept by Raymond J. Bishop um, and interviews with Walter Halloran, who was the dude who got his nose broken. Right. Um, So supposedly, and like apparently Thomas B. Allen like kind of writes the book. He's not at all trying to like prove whether or not he was possessed. He's just kind of detailing what he actually knows. Hmm. He spoke a lot to Halloran who was there and it seemed like Thomas B. Allen actually doubted a lot of it, that it was actually even a real possession. Right. Which is interesting. Um, and there's some movies, there's a movie from 2000 called possessed inspired by the case. And there's a documentary called in the group of evil and another called the haunted boy, the secret diary of the exorcist. Whoa. Um, this is just like a very big thing in pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. This like possession and this case in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. Supposedly that second one, a group of investigators actually travel to the location and uncover the diary. Whoa. But this one that was said it was kept by William S. Boner, which is why I'm confused. Yeah. It seemed like there was only one diary, but then supposedly they uncovered a different one. Yeah, this know. whole story is just... The whole thing is real yeah. unclear. Yeah, it's hard to like pin down true facts and what's just... Part. It's just like a legend, basically. With basically, a lot yeah. of like some anchoring details and some anchoring facts, but most of it is just kind of like all just thrown together, you know? Right. Well, and... Yeah, Halloran himself was interviewed and asked, like, if the boy was really possessed. And supposedly he said that he couldn't go on record saying that, that he never made an absolute statement. Didn't feel he was qualified. Hmm. Um, And I really think, I mean, it's unclear at this point whether, 
like, are they keeping it quiet because it was real? Right. They want to respect his privacy. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they could equally be respecting his privacy if it was deemed at some point that he was mentally ill, mm-hmm. that he was just doing it for attention. They still wouldn't want those details out. Yeah. So I always wonder if like with the exorcism thing, like, you know, there's certain doctors who will like only take on cases they think will be successful if it's like an elective yeah. surgery or something like they want right. to keep their numbers up. Like mm-hmm. I wonder if the priests and like the bishops do the same thing. They're like, eh, right. it doesn't seem legit. It's going like, to look bad. Exactly. If we this like go into this exorcism and it's like not real. I bet so. I bet that's why it doesn't. Well, there's also situations where like people have died while they were being like supposedly exercised. Yeah. Like held down and deprived of water for days until they literally like die of yeah. dehydration to try to cast the demon out. Right. So I think it's like a dangerous, it's a dangerous proposition. And it's sort of like, if you don't have tight controls over it, then it could go very wrong. Yeah. Especially because nowadays it's, you know, I mean, not, not even nowadays, all throughout history, it's like 99% of them are probably just mental illness. Yeah. So it's like, you're not going to cast that demon out because you can't just like, you know, throw holy water on somebody and cure their schizophrenia. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. They just, they would want to keep it to success stories mm-hmm. essentially yeah um but yeah so there's a lot of skeptics mm-hmm. naturally people think that he was just mentally ill yep. people think that he was just like a spoiled kid mm-hmm. that he was kind of a troublemaker and yep. just wanted attention um you know some people believed that maybe some of the details were exaggerated that he scratched those words on his own body mm-hmm. and i mean that you really don't need to know that much about possessions to fake it no i mean i could fake being possessed oh yeah i know enough about what is supposedly happens Mm -hmm. and you know it said like one of the guys said that like oh i bet you know the latin that he was speaking was just like common words that he could have picked Mm -hmm. up at like church or whatever yeah if he grew up in a lutheran family it's very possible he was exposed to religion a lot yeah could have had exposure to latin you know in church or at home in some capacity and so it could just be picked up from there yeah and that's why the details being so shady is hard with the story because it's like who knows what he said right. in latin did he recite like an entire thing i mean mm-hmm. maybe he knew that off the top of his head anyways right maybe he actually was possessed and he was you know that's a thing yeah so who knows um but yeah like we said everything is kind of based on hearsay yeah so how do you feel about it <clears throat> do you think he was possessed i don't know enough about this particular case to say hmm. i do think that possessions happen mm-hmm for Dude. sure i don't yeah like you said i don't think that every supposed possession is real yeah but i definitely think um i don't know it makes sense to me yeah that like we said that you would become open and vulnerable and that a demon might want to take advantage right i don't totally know what the purpose is right. of being like what's the demon's purpose yeah that's a good point just doesn't seem like they're like it would make more sense if the demon possessed somebody and they were rem- like, they still remained themselves yeah. and remained like calm. If the idea was for them to like do evil. Right. Like if they would like become possessed and then like commit a mass shooting or yeah. break in somewhere and do something oh, that That's would like a whole weird theory. Oh yeah. Oh, man. It's like almost on par with the like, Oh, he was mentally ill. Yeah. Like but just it, brush it off. But it, yeah. Interesting. So if you go into like, if you go into theology and you look at like the sort of like motivations of the devil, the devil doesn't want you doesn't want to like have to take over your body and then like commit an act of violence through your body. The devil wants to convince you that it's a good idea to do that. And you make the decision to Mm. commit violence. Yeah. Um, you know, like Satan didn't possess 
Eve to pick the apple from the tree of knowledge, Satan convinced uh, Eve to take the apple from the tree of knowledge. So yeah. I think it would be more Satan style or more demonic style to influence and to convince rather than to just possess and like use somebody as an instrument. Right. So it's like, if that's not what's happening, then mm. what's the point of possession? Is it? Right. Like, well, yeah. And if somebody's getting possessed and they're just freaking out. Yeah. Being like super obvious about it. No chill. <laughs> no chill at all. Yeah. And like all these priests are here all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're getting cast out. Yeah. Then that sucks. Can they just not help themselves? Right. Can they not help themselves? Like, is there some type of interaction between... I don't know. Is it possible that there are people who are possessed? Maybe. Okay. This is a theory. Okay. Here's a thought. That's all right. right. So somebody who is fundamentally good. Yes. Not necessarily religious or mm -hmm. baptized or any of that stuff, but just good. Right. Maybe when they're possessed, it's like some type of chemical interaction. You know, like when you mix two things and it like explodes or whatever. Oh, interesting. Like the demon comes in there and your self, like, let's say you have a soul. Mm -hmm. Don't know if we believe in souls, but let's just throw it out there. Hey. <laughs> let's speak for myself too. Let's Don't go even for know. It. Yeah. but let's just say you have a soul that is like fundamentally good mm -hmm. and the demon comes in there and they're like clashing yeah that makes you freak out those are the more obvious right you know possessions but maybe if somebody already has this kind of evil soul mm -hmm. and the demon comes in maybe it just blends together yeah maybe that makes somebody a little bit more evil or that makes them actually do some things they've been thinking about but right. like what if that could be a partial explanation for some fucked up things that people do interesting that they became possessed and they just were already primed for it right and they were just like all right cool a little bit of nature and nurture yeah interesting not to say i'm like explaining you know right. it's serial a killers or mass shooters with right. that but it's a reason not an excuse right interesting yeah hmm. so what do you think i think this particular situation was like you said a combination of um some maybe like that whole um anti nmda receptor encephalitis mm. where he had some sort of mental condition that caused him to have seizures and um it's like causes like memory loss and impaired cognition um strange speech mm. fingers that would look like they were playing the piano feet hmm. like pedaling of the feet uh -huh. um all mm. these very strange very specific yeah oh, God. very specific symptoms of this disease that would look purposeful or that would be like repetitive and so it would look as if it's something that is you know like happening on purpose mm. um and then with the impaired cognition and the like inability to speak or like um speak in tongues or gibberish yeah um i think those combinations would be you know it's literally like the the laundry list of what happens when you're possessed yeah so some some condition like that encephalitis combined with people exaggerating what they saw or sort of like um maybe you know maybe like the scratching in the walls really was mice in the walls yeah um you know it was just coincidence right um so you combine all those elements together and you sort of create this sensationalized story that's bigger than the events themselves mm. um i mean the fact that the there's so many sort of like parts to this story that are wildly different depending on where you talk to the people including like down to like their names like their names oh, yeah. could be, there's like three different names that could be for each of these characters yeah um so i think like it just became a story that was larger than the story itself um i think it speaks more to like our desire as humans to have a story of exorcism or of possession. Oh yeah. Clearly like we were saying like exorcism and possession is a thing in almost all cultures. Yeah. So it's clearly something that it, like we as humans find to be interesting and scary. 
So this was just sort of satisfying our more modern need for a, you know, an anchor point in our head for exorcism and possession. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily like in this particular instance was, um, demonic possession. I think it was misdiagnosed Mm. medical condition. Um, but I don't discount possession in general Mm. because I do think that there are probably situations where, you know, like say 99.99% of exorcisms are explainable by mental illness, but then that 0.01% is unexplainable. And that's where I think the, the interesting, like, oh, like maybe there was, you know, if you look at, if you think, if you believe in the idea of souls or like a collective consciousness, mm. um, the idea of someone like sort of like losing control over their faculties, like, yeah, um, I, I could believe in demonic possession in general in this specific case i don't think so mm. me yeah. personally it is interesting like if it was a medical condition what do you think made it resolve in that case i mean again i don't know right if that particular encephalitis is that something that could spontaneously right like go in you know go away on its own or is that something that you need to be treated for otherwise you're gonna die right i don't know i mean i know encephalitis is just swelling of the brain right so it is possible that it just sort of like went down after a while and um you know i doubt it was a you know like a switch going off like all yeah. of a sudden he was okay but um yeah maybe over the course of two months 20 to 30 exorcisms the swelling went down and he became normal it could have just gone away on its own yeah um we were saying before we started recording like i'm sure some people you know just die of these situations and those oh, are the yeah. people who like you know weren't successfully exercised because like the demon killed them or whatever yeah um so but, I think yeah. like some people just spontaneously get better. Some people, um, you know, there could have been an environmental factor that was causing it that mm. like moving them, him to St. Louis removed that environmental factor. Right. And then slowly got better after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting. Maybe in, maybe, I mean, since these exorcisms took place in like medical wards or like medical, like places where there's medical professionals, it's possible he could have gotten, some sort of like treatment just for like the symptoms of the exorcism. Right. Like, you know, like yeah. an, an IV drip or some sort of medication mm. for like the swelling. Who knows? Like you could have gotten yeah. some sort of medical treatment that caused or that um, cleared up the condition and it seemed like it was the exorcism itself, but hmm. really it was a medical treatment. That could make sense. I mean, they, yeah. What if they gave him like, I mean, I don't, again, I'm not a, not a doctor. Right. I'm amazed at how often I have to say this on the <laughs> no. podcast. I know I'm surprising everybody. Yeah. But yeah, like what if he just, because he was freaking out, you know, wouldn't eat or drink. Maybe mm-hmm. they put him on an IV for mm-hmm. fluids because they're like, well, yeah. yeah, we're here. We might as well. And he's not taking in anything. And maybe mm-hmm. that helped somehow. Some yeah, kind like, of like sedative just... to like calm him down. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Dang. That makes a lot of sense. So. Damn. Yeah. That's where I come down on it. Yeah. It makes sense. This particular situation. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just so hard. I, mean, I would love. It's like all the priests that were involved have died at this point. Mm -hmm. The most recent one died in like 2005. Yeah. Which again, makes sense. They were probably all at least in their forties, if not like fifties when they were doing that. And it's a long time ago, but would love to like have talked to one of the priests that was there Mm -hmm. just to see how they still felt about it. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's such a tricky line to land on because it's just like, they didn't want to talk about it because they didn't want to reveal all these details about this very private matter Right. that would have been like, again, if it was a mental illness, if it was a medical issue or if he really was possessed, that would have been like to them, especially that would have been a very like, let's not let the world know about this. Right. 
type of thing. So there's just no, I mean, there's, it's a cool story to me in the sense that like, if it is true, there's only a handful of people who knew it. Right. And they're almost all dead. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe Roland. Maybe Roland is still out there somewhere. Oh, that'd be cool. It's crazy. Like, well, ugh. maybe not from this specific situation, but I know that there's still um, like an, an exorcist kept on staff at the Vatican. Oh, so cool. there's there's somebody whose job it is to be an exorcist out yeah. there in this world. That's crazy. And I wonder what that what that dude knows. Yeah. What has he seen? We'll have to do an episode sometime on the, the Vatican archives. Oh, yeah. Because that's a whole thing that yep. conspiracy theorists love. Oh, um, it's this off limits, you know like archive of papers and books dating back to the beginning of Christianity. So like almost Damn. all of written Western history. Um, and I, I'm curious what their archives say about exorcism. Mm. Yeah. As it's actually on our list. There could be a whole, yeah, right. Yeah. There could, there, there could be a whole uh, file somewhere on Roland. Oh dang. Oh, and there like, there would be too. There would be. Like it's there is no matter case. what, because he, again, if we're saying that there's relatively few actual exorcisms performed, mm-hmm. Right. Because they need permission from a bishop. Mm-hmm. And this is like a big, de- and this is not just something that you're just like, yo, can we do this? And he's like, sure. Like they right. need to re- review these details. I'm sure the bishop had to get permission from the Vatican probably. Oh yeah. So probably every exorcist that has taken place, exorcism, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. The movie being the exorcist, like for some reason I think of that, there's part of my brain that thinks of like the exorcist as like the act itself. The event, But that's yeah. like the person who does it. Right. And the exorcism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there's probably notes on all of them. Oh yeah. Just sitting in... Which is crazy. Sitting in an archive somewhere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, Roland Doe. Exorcism of Roland Doe. Yep. Halloween episode. Yeah. Our second Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. Dang. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If you remember last year, we did Stall Cemetery. Yep. And you did that other place. Uh, Bobby Mackey's. Bobby Mackey's. Yeah. That's what it was. Yep. Pretty cool. I was actually going to relate this back to that episode by saying that just like the Stall Cemetery story Mm -hmm. being essentially something that started from like a random article right. that then just got passed along at like, you know, people playing telephone. Yeah. It gets changed and details added and details mm-hmm. forgotten. This is kind of like that right. in the sense where there's like only so many details known. And a lot of it is like, supposedly we heard from this person. Supposedly the mom said this, the priest right. said this, the diary said this, mm-hmm. it gets twisted. And then everybody's writing articles about it. There's yep. in newspapers and now there's like all these articles modern referencing old articles. Yeah. And nothing is totally accurate. And again, nothing ever will be totally accurate. People could say they read the diary. Who knows? Maybe they did. The priest could have lied. They could have exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Their beliefs could have clouded their judgment. Who knows? Right. So it's kind of similar in that way where it's like this awesome story that we just, we have no, and that's why it's unknowable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We tied it all back. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's episode 30. Dang. On Halloween. Well, actually, no, it's episode 30 released on October 30th what yes the hot day for halloween yeah we did not plan that dang everybody have a good halloween yep stay safe yeah do do some spooky shit but safely get spooky yeah don't get haunted or possessed or yeah don't open yourself up if you're gonna play with a ouija board use protection yeah Haley and joel talking to you yeah draw that pentagram on the floor first yeah make sure you uh don't oh yeah you're not supposed to like take your hands off the what's it called off the planchette planchette yeah. yeah I don't know. I think it's plan chat. Yeah. Don't take your hands off it. Yeah. It's bad. And uh, don't do it when you're in an emotionally compromised state. Yeah. Like so I was. Open yourself up. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. I could be carrying around a demon. I mean. But if he is, a, if it's a demon, he knows dad's middle name. So. Yeah. That's is that care. a good thing or a bad thing? Right. Like, do demons just, can they just know that? Can they go into my mind and find that? Do Are they like know him? Oh, shit. Maybe it was Satan himself. Yeah. I don't know. I'm convinced though. It was somebody. Mm-hmm. 
it was not them because you can say all you want oh people can just move the planchette and like make it say whatever you want but yeah. like they did not know those details no there's no way they could have gotten that yeah okay halloween episode this has been unknowable unknowable love you <laughs>